When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is The Rich Eisen Show. I don't get this one. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. John Morant. What he's doing right now is he is flushing it down the toilet. I don't get it. I don't understand it. The Rich Eisen Show. It's a damn shame. Like, you can't tell your friend we, we've got to separate right now. Today's guests, ESPN NFL analyst, Lewis Riddick. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. Plus, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show right here in Los Angeles, California on the Roku channel. This terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have a Sirius XM Odyssey and more. We say hello to all of those who are listening whenever they darn well please later on on the Cumulus Podcast Network. We say hello to anybody that's out there taking in this program on our uh, Instagram feeds and our Twitter feeds and however you're taking in this show, we greatly appreciate it. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here to have a conversation with all of us. So much happening in the NBA this time of year as we're getting ready for the Western Conference Finals tonight. Uh, LeBron James and the Lakers have made it, taking LeBron on the James. Denver Nuggets oh, this man. evening. And then, of course, you've got the Sixers out and the Celtics moving on to take on the Miami Heat. That starts tomorrow night. And we have another Sixer actually moving on. Before we get to that, I say hello to you, Chris Brockman. How are you today, sir? Great-looking shirt, Rich. Thank you. We're wearing similar, <laughs> something similar colors. Good to see you, D, uh, DJ Mikey D. Good morning, He's nuts. Uh, uh, Mike Del Tufo, good to see you. TJ Jefferson, light the candle. Light it. Candle's getting lit. And, you know, this, this draft lottery is going to be interesting, Rich, because my new favorite team could come out of this. You know what? You know? I don't believe this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe this. this new guy. favorite this team guy. could come out of this. Then... Um, then let's let's hit it right away. Uh, I love Doc Rivers. I love him. Uh, I think uh, n- nothing but the highest regard uh, f- uh, of him. I, I think um, uh, he's one of my favorite people I've gotten to meet in this industry. And I, I just wish anybody who knows Doc Rivers feels the same way about him. Uh, the way he speaks about uh, serious issues, life issues, wearing it on his sleeve, using his platform for the right things. It's all great. All of it. And anybody who knows Doc Rivers feels the same way about him and would say the same thing. Man, if he could just win those games to get to a conference final, that would be great. And just to see where we could go uh, after that, like his his one year winning it all with the uh, Boston Celtics. Boy, wouldn't it it just – it's everyone who loves him or knows him, obviously loves him and roots for him. Five straight Game 7 losses, ninth straight loss – for a Doc Rivers coach team with a chance to go to the conference finals. 
it, it, it's just a, a, a head scratcher. He had the MVP this time around and Joel Embiid along with James Harden, the beard. We all know the big three that he had here in Los Angeles with Chris Paul and his heyday. Just couldn't do it. Couldn't get over the hump after winning it all with the Boston Celtics. And so this third straight, all three years for the Philadelphia 76ers under Doc Rivers, ended in the second round. And after everything that happened with Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons holding it against Rivers for not immediately coming to a full-throat defense of his level of play in a playoff game that a lot of people in Philadelphia pinned on him, passing up shots because he doesn't want to be fouled to shoot free throws that he struggled with, and we all seen how Simmons has panned out in Brooklyn so far. Survived that, came back, Embiid had a, a terrific year, an MVP campaign, and the team wound up being the third seed in the East and had a chance to move on to the conference finals. All they had to do was win a game six at home, couldn't finish it up, and then game seven was a total blowout, and Doc Rivers was fired this morning. Woj dropping that bomb about a half an hour before we came on the air. Three seasons, all second-round exits. This one looked particularly promising in this wide-open NBA. Anybody could win it. Embiid playing out of his skull, top of his game. Harden had a 45-piece with Embiid out in game one. They took the first game in Boston. Still couldn't finish it up. You got the sense that this was happening. We all thought it might be coming, and it did. Daryl Morey and the rest of the ownership group there swinging the axe today. And it's a damn shame. Love the guy. Don't know if he's going to get another gig somewhere else in the NBA, as you know. What goes around comes around really fast in the NBA. The team, the teams with the three most wins in the last three years in the NBA, the Bucks, the Suns, and the Sixers. What do they all have in common? They all just fired their coaches. Wow. That's amazing. And the Raptors won a championship a few years ago. They fired Nick Nurse. They fired that coach. Frank Vogel of the Lakers won in the bubble. He got fired. He gone. He gone. So coaches that have won NBA championships fired. Coaches that have won regular season games and giving their teams a chance to win the NBA championship but did not fire It's a crazy, mixed-up sports world we're living in right now, and good people like Doc Rivers just need to win more. That's what it seems like. And so the Sixers now go into this offseason with, one would think, a plum job. The MVP of the, the league is standing right there. But the question is what to do with James Harden. What to do with the Beard, who was up, and when he was up in this Conference yeah, semifinals, he was, he was all up. The way up. All the way up. And then he was down, <laughs> he was down. Right? No gray area. No mid-level area, which, by the way, is what the Sixers would be left with to replace Harden because of their cap situation. Mm-hmm. Is that if he leaves, the cap space that the Sixers would have to replace him only leaves them with a mid full mid-level exemption. Except, uh, exemption. Now, obviously... That's the way things look right now, and maneuvers can be made when you think that maneuvers can't get you out of a conundrum. And I know this might be apples and oranges, but just look at the Lakers midseason. 
He thought that there's no way out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking for the mole. No way out. That's a pop culture reference and a very, I think, underrated Kevin Costner film. But agree. <laughs> Shout out to just when you think it, just when you think there's no way out. Look who's playing in the Western Conference Finals tonight. Uh, that said, you know, if you're Monty Williams, who has already been named as a possible successor in Philadelphia, you got Giannis sitting out there too. Yeah. You got a Buck situation. You got you got MVPs all over the place looking to be coached. Nick Nurse, I mean, who just got fired from the Raptors. Woj mentions him as a possible replacement for Doc. Mike Budenholzer, who we used to coach Giannis about two weeks ago. He got fired. He's mentioned as a possible replacement. Frank Vogel, who I mentioned just moments ago about him getting fired, he's mentioned as a possible replacement. Uh, Sam Cassell is uh, a former player of note in the NBA who you know has been on a ton of benches you see in timeouts and things of that nature uh, as an assistant. Long-time assistant in this league. He's being mentioned as a possible replacement. And if James Harden and Daryl Morey are involved in the situation, you know the name Mike D'Antoni can't be too far away. Come on, Rich. And his name hey. is mentioned Stop in this piece by Woj. Don't put that yeah, out in the universe, bro. I'm not putting it out in the universe. It's part of Woj's list of people. <laughs> Honestly, if there's Daryl Morey and there's James Harden, Mike D'Antoni can't be too far behind. <laughs> and this whole situation is potentially why uh, your new team will be picked out of a ping pong ball tureen this evening. Hey, I don't even know why I care what's going on. There. You should care. This I is got, a good I got team. A new team, it's good. Got a new team it's coming. A good, no, the Sixers are a good team with a lot of good players and a lot of terrific roster pieces and a terrific roster builder. And I don't know why the hell they couldn't get the ball into the paint enough for Embiid in the final five quarters of this series to the satisfaction of everybody in Philadelphia. This is the old head-scratcher, man. Rich, just real quick, there were five plays in a row in the first half where Embiid never went past the foul line. I don't understand how when you have a player that big and that dominant, how like it was perfectly legal for him to go in that green part of the paint. He could go down there, he could stand down there and put in work, and ran no plays they did nothing to get him into that spot i don't understand that i I don't know and you know you've seen in sports um in the past 48 hours with these two situations two winning franchises two winning coaches two good men um what happens in this day and age and i don't know if things are just get sped up because of how quickly information is dispensed or how quickly information can be spun criticisms can clank around and reach the eardrums and the ear gates of people immediately. I don't know if that's the way it's worked. That's that's speeding up the life cycle of a coach or speeding up the patience drain in front offices and ownership. Um, this could have something to do with it, but it's not just coaches. It's quarterbacks too. There was no way in hell the Jets were going to go run it back with Zach Wilson this year. There's just no chance. Fan base wouldn't stand for it. Fan base wasn't up for it. Matt Ishbia, the owner of the Suns, I thought he was nuts for bouncing Monty Williams. Then we had an actual Arizona resident who covers the NBA on the day-to-day, minute-by-minute. 
talking to people all over the place. Michael Wilbon coming on today saying, not so surprised. Two 25-point-plus losses at home to get bounced in two playoff seasons in a row. That'll do it. And I don't know. Phoenix Suns fans, you can call in 844-204-RICH if you want to call and say, like, you couldn't put up with it. That was too much. That ain't happening anymore. I'm not a, I, I'm, I'm a diehard fan. You know, I, I remember this said Sabalos years, <laughs> and I hope that, uh, you know, <laughs> Barkley could get us over the top. Tom Chambers. Walter Davis. You know, like he could talk about that all those years and we, just say this one was just with Booker and, and KD coming. This one was just too tough to take. We shouldn't be folding like that on the floor. Get rid of him. But it looks like to me in Philadelphia, this is just like they couldn't run it back with Doc again. Like even last year, bringing him back caused a lot of people to wonder if they were making the right move. And obviously this result winding up two rounds shy of the finals might give credence to that nature or that notion. But Embiid loved him, gave him a full-throated vote of confidence, not enough to save him. And now a different voice will come in. While we're watching the four teams remaining have at it, including the Lakers and Nuggets tonight. And right around that is a centerpiece is the draft lottery with a 19-year-old who plays in France, Victor Wembayama. Here we go. And Wembanyama is coming to a team tonight in a city tonight and the way the ping-pong balls bounce, the Pistons, Rockets, and Spurs have a 14, each of them, percent chance, the best chances in the draft lottery of getting this kid. And the good fans in Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio and their fan bases around the world, their lives can potentially change tonight. Yep. And then, of course, you've got the Hornets, Blazers, Magic, and Pacers with the next best odds after that and so on and so forth. Later on in the third hour of this program, after Sam Amick of The Athletic comes to the phone to tell us everything he knows about the Sixers thinking and the Suns thinking and what in the world might the NBA be thinking about what the hell John Morant was thinking, Hmm. we're going to have our own draft lottery. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Let's go. You hear this? Those are ping pong balls. Which I ping pong balls. I show ping pong balls. And, and, I got and for cards, those, I got placards. Those on the radio, it, 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 it ain't a fancy bag that the ping pong balls are in. But you know what? It's functional. Yeah. Which, by the way, not a great motto for an Emmy-nominated uh, show. Functional. That it's should functional. be our motto. We're uh, functional. We're functional. Is that the solid of? Uh... Yeah, that's the solid of. That's the solid. Uh, the Robert solid. Um, and speaking of that. Um, I've got the top five teams most likely to make the playoffs as a new playoff team this oh, year. When we had that five? conversation yesterday, oh, yeah. that lit up a few phone lines, 844-204-RICH, where we were talking about, on average, half the league now is a new playoff team that maybe you'll be uh, watching uh, on Peacock, which has a playoff game, our former, uh, our former home. I read that this morning. Playoffs behind a paywall. That's an interesting uh, concept. So uh, that's coming to a Peacock app and thus Roku platform near you. 
So to talk about what's going on in the NFL and his, we just figured let's just chop it up. Had no idea that the Sixers would uh, bounce Doc. Bounce Doc today. Well, we, we had a little bit of an idea. We did. I just didn't know yeah. what happened so damn quickly. But I guess when you've got candidates who have won NBA championships or people like Monty Williams sitting out there, you got to act fast. Certainly when the Bucks are in the market for a new coach. A lot of talented coaches out there. Right there now. are. Yep. Man. A lot of talented players who need coaching. So Lewis Riddick's going to join us next. We always love chopping it up and talking ball with him. Sam Amick of The Athletic, my top five most likely new playoff teams in the NFL. You at 844-204-RICH. Sam Amick is here, and we're going to tell you who's winning the draft lottery tonight. <laughs> Best we can with Let's our go. own ping pong ball set up. Lewis Riddick of the Worldwide Leader in Sports when we return. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. I know we're in the thick of the NFL's uh, the NBA season and uh, NBA playoff season, but as you could just tell, I, I always do have the NFL on the brain. And we were talking yesterday um, about how, on average, Half the NFL playoff field is now is new every year. Last five years, it's been half the season. Uh, half, I mean, half the uh, the league has crashed the party of the playoff field. And so now that we've got everything in, combine draft, free agency, uh, franchise tags, Lamar landed, Rogers landed. We started thinking about which teams are more likely to to, to crash the party, mm-hmm. and we said maybe we'll make this a new May tradition. How does that sound? Um, and so to talk ball, who's one of our favorites to talk ball with? Maybe to just chop it up in a similar fashion that we did yesterday. That's a rhetorical question. His name's Lewis Riddick from the Worldwide <laughs> Leader in Sports, ESPN. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Lewis? Rich, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm great. Last time I saw you was in Kansas City, and we had 259 picks in the can. 
That was the last time <laughs> I saw you. Yep. You know? Yep. So what, what a great uh, it was so much fun. Event that was too, man. It, it was fun. So what was your main takeaway from the draft this year now that you've gotten about two, three weeks to clear of it to think about it? Oh wow. Um well I think right at the very top, I think the aggressiveness the Houston Texans showed mm-hmm. to get the kind of people that they wanted that D'Amico clearly and let's you know, look I I mean no disrespect to Nick Casario, but this is D'Amico's bus that he's driving. Like, to be aggressive and say, hey, look, T.J. Stroud was the guy who we wanted. Forget all the other BS that was flying around about him, about this test, test that test, not being coachable, all this. That's who I want. Will Anderson is who I want. Because nobody can withstand the kind of hard coaching the way this kid can. And he told us that down at Bama. And you know, and you know, if you know D'Amico and how they coach defense and how they coach defense alignment in particular, this kid's built for it. He's made for it. He's absolutely made for it. And then they continue again with like these nice foundational pieces. This is Juice Scruggs, the center from Penn State. He's going to wind up starting for them. Tank Dell's going to wind up being one of C.J. Stroud's biggest targets. I mean, this guy is like a like a video game. Mm-hmm. Henry Toto was another foundational. Uh, culture pick who plays the position that D'Amico played at the same school D'Amico played at, so you know he has all the intel. I mean, these are just so that that stood out to me. And I know many people think that Houston's just a you know, they're an, an afterthought in the grand scheme of things. I don't think they're an afterthought. I, I like, I really like what they did. The other team that really stood out to me right away is, and I, I said this last year when I went to see them in training camp, that Seattle was building. A contender, a real contender. And people laugh. Geno stinks. This roster is going to be a top, you know, they'll be a top two, top three picking team, blah, blah, blah. But they killed the draft. They absolutely killed it. Witherspoon's going to start. Smith and Jigba's going to start. Derek Hall's going to play a ton. Charbonnet's going to rotate in there. Um, Olawatimi is going to be a great depth player. Kenny McIntosh will probably wind up being a guy who, if he's not on practice squad, he's going to be on their on their regular day roster. Cam Young's going to give them beef in the middle. Anthony Bradford, the guard who they drafted at LSU, was one of my favorite players, unsung players in this draft, who plays kind of a you know position that people don't don't really think much about, being offensive guard. He's a freaking stud that can wind up being like you remember Carl Nix out of Nebraska when he played for uh, New Orleans, when he played down there with um, Jari Evans, and those guys formed that dynamic duo at guard that Drew Brees used to just sit behind oh, yeah. like for days on end and throw the football. That's who he reminds me of. How about that? Carl Nix. This kid's going to be – they hit it right, and Seattle has been developing some studs now as far as their young players are concerned. They're going to be – I think Seattle could win the West. Because I think San Francisco – Quite honestly, of all these teams, we're talking about who could crash the party and then who could crash out of the party. Mm-hmm. As much as I love San Francisco, Rich, I think they could be in trouble. Why? I think they could be in trouble. Why is that? Offensive line is not as strong as everyone thinks it is for them. Internally, they know that that could be that could potentially be a sore spot. And now you have quarterbacks who we don't quite know how it's going to play out. 
We don't quite know what Brock is going to look like coming off of injury heading into training camp. We don't quite know what's going to even, you know, what's even going on with Trey Lance. I'll tell you what. I had someone tell me this just, just recently. They believe that Sam Darnold and that match with Kyle Shanahan out there in San Francisco, that could finally be the spot that totally makes him become the un, like the, the, the out-of-nowhere surprise of the year. I had someone who I trust implicitly when it comes to quarterback play. And I'm, and I, I'm telling you, I said to him, I was like, what? They're like, just trust me on this one. Well, the question is then is because th- this is one of the biggest mysteries uh, uh, of the NFL uh, right now going into the playing season. Once again, is the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation Purdy, you know, <laughs> yep. and, and it's and, and, and I don't bat an eyelash on it because they make the NFC championship game last two years with the same damn thing going on. Right. So. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, it- so that's my question for you. It's like, how do, how do you think, like, crystal ball it for me? This plays out where Purdy's not ready yet, and Darnold, they decide to he beats out Lance in, in camp? Is that how it works? Yeah. And then he's a week one guy? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. That's exactly, I mean, that, that, I mean, that would have to be some, the scenario. And look, there's nobody who's a bigger Trey Lance fan than me. I'm a, I mean, there may be, but <laughs> I, I'm a huge believer. I, I couldn't be more disappointed for how things have happened for him. So I'm, I'm inclined to go, look, he deserves the benefit of the doubt. He deserves another opportunity. He got hurt. He, I mean, we just, we just don't know who he is. But if you look at their offense, all right, so starting off at, the, at week one, mm-hmm. all right, week one, what has been like the number one bugaboo with San Francisco, quite honestly, over the past couple of years anyway? It's always been about availability, guys being able to stay healthy and stay on the field. Otherwise, who knows, they may be a team that could have been undefeated at some at different points over the past couple of years. But now we're saying, okay, are we banking on Christian McCaffrey staying healthy for 17 games? Are we banking on Elijah Mitchell staying healthy for 17 games? Are we banking on George Kittle staying healthy for 17 games? This offensive line, are we banking on Trent Williams staying healthy for 17 games? The right side of their offensive line between Spencer Buford and Colton McKibbitts, who are their right guard and right tackle now. Are we saying that these guys, like, they aren't, they have one elite player on their offensive line, one. And he's not always healthy all the time. Depot's not always healthy all the time. So although this team has a bunch of studs, I mean, this offense has a bunch of studs, like there's a lot of questions there for me. And I'm just saying relative to what Seattle is doing right now, L.A.'s out of it. Arizona just needs to figure out who the hell they are in the first place. I'm just saying Seattle, to me, looks like a team made a huge jump last year. And with the firepower they added this offseason, I think Seattle is ready to really, really burst onto the scene. I mean, the, the rest of the teams, look, it's, the normal suspects are going to be there. Philadelphia, just, I mean, it's, on paper, it's just like this isn't even fair. Hmm. It's not even fair what they're, what they're putting together, but we know football isn't played on paper. But, damn, I mean, when it, it, it's team building. It's not just talent collection there. I mean, it's team building what's happening there. You have all these guys who knew each other since they were young up and comers in college who are now there to support one another uh, and help one another grow into professionals. All these guys from Georgia. That, you can't quantify that, how important that is. That's huge. The reason why people like to build their teams through the draft is because it kind of mimics the, 
atmosphere that you create when you bring in recruiting classes. They all feel indebted to that particular college because, hey, we're the recruiting class of 2023, 2024. We're going to be the guys that kind of take the – you know, take the responsibility of building this program up and or keeping the tradition going. Well, they want to build that same thing in the pros. Although you're getting paid money, they love when young guys come in and they all kind of rally around each other and they all say, hey, look, the Philadelphia Eagles, it's our squad now. We're going to run this thing and we're going to run it at a real high level and we're going to get paid a lot of money for it. Mm-hmm. Well, now they have a chance to do all that with these young guys, all from Georgia, who are top-line players. And the thing about these guys too, they don't have to just rely on each other. Just, just think about, I mean, think about now what Jalen Carter has in front of him in terms of people who who can mentor him. Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is the ultimate ultimate professional. Uh, Nolan Smith, in his meeting room every day, is going to be Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham. You can't you can't get better mentors than that. Hmm. So not only do they lean on one another with Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Nicobe Dean, and all these guys, Nolan Smith, even DeAndre Swift on the offensive side, they have studs around them who've already done it, who came back on one-year deals because they say, hey, look, we were maybe a play here or there away from toppling Kansas City. We're going to get back. And now we're even strong. I mean, that's just – look, I don't know if they did that by design or the board just fell that way and it just happened to all line up. But somebody's living right in Philly, man, because – it's not supposed to add up that way. And I think coming like we're, we're sitting there on the desk that night going, are you kidding me? I know. We were all like, it's just one of those type of horror movies, right? Where, right. where it's just like, okay, the killer's in the house. Like, you know, why are you walking in that room? And then Nolan Smith drops down. Like, that's, that's the way we were talking about it on our set. It's just like, come yeah. on, we've seen this movie before. What are you, what are you, what are you doing? You know? And, yeah, you know, it's, 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 Ringo wound up there too. It's just like okay, I, you yeah, know. It's just, it's kind of who he gets to learn from. It's, he gets to learn from James Bradbury and Slay. And Slay, I mean, it doesn't get any better. It's crazy, Lewis. I got Lewis Riddick of ESPN here on the Rich Eisen show. So you know, I was looking in uh, in my uh, NFL Network research guide for the schedule um and it just popped out at me here the teams to make the playoffs after missing the previous season the last five years it's half the league it was six uh six of the uh it it was six half of the the uh the playoff field six new playoff teams last year out of 14 seven out of 14 the two previous years so you know and and then last year if you and i were talking at this point in time saying hey the eight and nine vikings the four and 13 giants the three and 14 uh, Jaguars are going to make the playoffs next year, yep. you know, and yep. and and then they did. So yep. that's just three as an example. Uh, yep. uh, I'll go sports talk radio with you here if you don't mind. Uh, the AFC team that you think is most likely to be a new playoff team this coming season? Oh wow! Um, you know what? It's funny because I had to see you catch me off guard like this. Sorry, sir. I already had in my mind the NFC team who I think is going to. All right, so let's start with we'll start with the NFC okay, well, if, you, if you want to well, go first, well, well, and then and then and now I'll, t- I'll I've telegraphed it's going to be the AFC after that. So go with the one that you got in your mind. Go for it. Go for it. You know you know how it is sometimes. Man. Of course, you're already no, I got it. In on something. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> well, I'll set this up by saying this. I said this in January. Okay, I like right it. Right after they were right after they were done, like mopping Lambo. Yeah. With the Packers, <laughs> it was Detroit. Rich, 
They mopped. This team. They mopped. <laughs> they has, has got it going on. And I know people are going to say, what? They drafted Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell in the first round. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And but they have a top three offensive line in all football. In all football. They have a quarterback who some people are sitting there going, hmm, was did Sean get that wrong? Not not to say that that you know that Matthew wasn't great out there and they won a Super Bowl with him, but Jared Goff is no throwaway. Clearly, they have the future in Hendon Hooker, so that room just got stronger. At wide receiver, look, I, look, I, I understand that now you know you're going to have some issues with uh, with depth, at least for the beginning of the season with Jamison Williams' situation. Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds, Amon Ross St. Brown, these these guys, they can hold it down. They'll be just fine. Sam Laporta, who they drafted out of Iowa, I got to see him in person this past year. He's going to be one of those guys who you wind up going, oh, another Iowa tight end that's uh, you know that's up for all rookie and and maybe a you know a, a reserve Pro Bowl or shocking. We've never seen that happen before out of Iowa tight end. And Jameer Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, forget it. That's that's one of the best ones. You can put that up against any one-two punch of running backs in the NFL. Jameer Gibbs is a freaking superstar. Lewis, I heard coming out of the draft, um, I'm wondering if you heard the same thing, that mm-hmm. that had Arizona not knocked on the Lions' door to say, we'll move up from nine, uh, from uh, where they moved up from to six. Uh, yep. Obviously, the, the Bears were sitting there at nine. But had yep. Arizona, after they dropped down, oh yeah, 12, had they not moved up from the spot that they traded back down so the Texans can go up to get Will Anderson. Had, yeah. the, had the Cardinals essentially not locked on, knocked on the Lions' door, they were considering drafting Gibbs before B. John Robinson at six. That's, that's I, what I heard. I heard that beforehand, too. I heard before – well, I didn't know that they were the team, but I heard that there were teams that had Jameer ranked above B. John. I heard that, too. Which, I, you know what? I mean, look, it's all – it's all subjective, right? I mean, everybody has their opinions. Yes. Jameer, though, hey, watch his tape, man. I mean, you, you've seen it. He can go. He can do it all. In, in today's game, you know it's a lateral as well as a vertical game, and he can play both games however you want to do it. If you want me to go downhill, I'll go downhill. you want me to go side to side and juke some people out and make them look silly in space, I'll do it. you want me to tackle them out of the backfield, I'll do it. Whatever you need me to do. I can do it, and I can do it with home run capability, which is just that's today's game. And on the de- look, this team finished eight and two last year. The defense played some of its very, very, very best in that eight and two run. Aaron Glenn had them going in the right direction. Jack Campbell is a grown man. He is at six five two. He's a grown man. <laughs> the things that they did in the secondary. With bringing in Emmanuel Mosley, Kirby Joseph, who they drafted last year out of Illinois, the third rounder, he's the guy who picked off the picked off Aaron at the end of the game last year. This guy's going to be he's going to be a Pro Bowler and all, all pros. Right. Okay, draft Ryan Branson. They've got players, man. And the the best thing about it is, I know people, some people say, well, ex players don't make the best coaches and blah 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 because they you know ex players sometimes don't have the you know the patience to deal with guys who can't do it at the level that they did it. Well. Dan has gotten a group up there that obviously are great teachers, too. 
Oh yeah, and they they connect with these guys in a way that that whole biting kneecaps thing <laughs> seems like. Who cares? Hey, you know what? Maybe more coaches need to be talking about that. Lewis <laughs> Riddick here on the Rich Eisen Show. So now let's get to the AFC team um, that you think is most likely to crash the playoff party, be a new playoff team coming up this uh, fall. You mentioned the Lions for the NFC. <laughs> we, here, I'll, uh, give you the, I'll give you the nine candidates. So, okay, good. Okay, from the bottom up, Texans, Colts, Broncos, Raiders, mm. Browns, Titans, Jets, Patriots, and then the Steelers, who finished pretty darn strong as well. Those are your nine yeah. candidates. Lewis Riddick. Yeah. Um, well, the fact that you don't just don't jump at the Jets, do you yeah, think Rodgers, no, you know? Yeah, it doesn't. Look, I, I've, I've been one of those people who hasn't been all over that, that, that train, um, okay. only because I'm so – I ride so hard for the damn Dolphins. It's kind of like crazy. You would think that I'm getting paid by them, but I'm not. <laughs> you know? but the Jets, yeah, you know what? I'll tell you this. This is what decides it. All right. So okay. if if somewhere between the combination of Dwayne Brown, Mackay Beckton, Max Mitchell, Billy Turner, you know, those tackles, if somehow, some way they're able to be just average, and not have Aaron, you know, kind of looking around going, you know, what the hell's going on here? You know, I'm getting pummeled here. Mm-hmm. Then, and that offensive line can be better than 31st in run block win rate and what were they, 21st or 22nd in pass block win rate last year. They got to be middle of the pack or higher. Otherwise, it's all going to fall apart. But, yeah, they would be the team that I would pick out of oh. that group because they've got speed, size, strength, and wide receiver, bunch of speed, playmaking ability at the running back spot. Great tight end. They can rush the passer. They got playmakers at linebacker. They've got studs in the secondary. I like the coaching staff. Yeah, but I'm just I, I just think that the the AFC East overall. I know. Mm, that's a gauntlet. And then, so I guess uh, while we're just staying on the AFC, a team that 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 uh, you know can stay in the playoffs. What do you think the Ravens' offense looks like? That's a huge mystery to me. What yeah, do you, I, I, what do you I think? think it's the best. I think it's the it's the best group of weapons that obviously Lamar has ever had. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at if you just look at the most recent uh, examples of what Todd Monken believes in their new offensive coordinator, and you watch Georgia tape last year mm-hmm. and how it looked with you know their running backs, they were a twelve personnel centric type of team. Like to attack the middle of the field, lots of play action, quarterback under center, getting them out on the perimeter, maybe putting them in pistol and gun now and then. That, that sounds like Lamar. <laughs> and that's what they have there. They have great tight ends. They have guys who can work the middle of the field with now with Zay Flowers and when Rashad is healthy and Odell's healthy. There's, there it is, right? Like if they're healthy. If they're healthy, Zay, Rashad, and Odell. That's a good set of wide receivers. Then you have backing them up, Devin Duvernay, Nelson Aguilar, James Prochet. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely at tight end. I'll take J.K. and Gus and Justice Hill. You know, sure. And then defensively? Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, I think Baltimore, Baltimore set up the rock and roll. You're, I, I, I think that this could be the true next step in the evolution of Lamar Jackson. I really do. I just hope he buys into it. The relationship's great between him and Coach Monk, and 
and all these guys in particular on the perimeter stay healthy. Healthy, healthy. Thanks for the call, Lewis. Uh, honestly, we're like, who can help us chop up this subject matter? And you were the first person that uh, popped to mind. So I appreciate awesome. you being free and, and up for it. Let's do this more of course, often. man. You're the I always best. appreciate you bringing me on. Thanks right, a lot. Right back at you. That is none other than Lewis Riddick of ESPN here. Did I influence the jury with the Jets? Maybe. Well, when he was equivocating and he wasn't immediately jumping on the Jets, that made me think, okay, then let me ask him, what what don't you buy about this? Sure, makes sense. And he pointed out, tackles, protecting the man. You don't Fair point. go send the plane to Malibu to go collect him and pay him $60 million and not protect him. Because if you don't, that's the way he winds up in Malibu looking at the sunset, not playing more than just one year, and you coughing up a first-round pick for somebody who played just enough snaps to cost you that first-round pick and not make the playoffs in the very, very deep conference of the NFL. That's the, that's the Achilles heel, the blind side. Got to protect him. And that's why Robert Sala is coming on and saying, you know, you think you're a left tackle, Makai Becton? Prove it. Yeah, prove it. Because we're, we're playing the guy who's going to protect eight the most. You've got to get used to that. I am not used to that. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Still to come, I'll give you the top five likeliest new playoff teams in 2023. We've also got a bag full of ping pong balls, and that is not a metaphor for anything. <laughs> There it is. We're going to run our own NBA draft lottery in hour three with Sam Amick of The Athletic talking about Doc's firing and what's going on in the conference finals tonight out west. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Rich Eisen Show, otherwise also known as Inside the Actor's Studio with Chris Brockman. <laughs> I wish to go see that. Once again, Chris Brockman uh, will not be here on Friday's program because you will be heading to Jacksonville, Florida, already in Jacksonville, Florida, already in Jacksonville. for the St. Jude charity golf event run by uh, the actor Kevin Rom. Um, An actual actor. The actual actor. And you are being, you are billed in the program as a celebrity uh, uh, participant. And, and again, your billing in that manner is as actor. Actors. You're an actor. Yeah. You're an actor. And uh, I said yesterday that this does not offend me as a celebrity. It offends me as an actor, as somebody who receives... Very small, very small incremental residual checks for my appearances as sportsman or caster in CSI Miami or, you know. As Stuart Scott. As Stuart Scott and the kid, Disney's the kid, or as myself. Um, As an actor, I'm offended, not as a celebrity. 
And this conversation, we posted it on our social media feeds, and I do believe it appears the folks at Kevin Rahm's golf tournament heard it. Oh. Because it has now been changed to actor, in quotes, and ne'er model. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> ne'er model, which is interesting, uh, commenting on your hairlessness. Um, that's an interesting, but actors in quotes. Wow! Did you not know about uh, that? Well, the Kevin, change? Kevin had uh, texted me yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, said that he was traveling uh, yesterday to Jacksonville. Yes. Saw the segment yeah. after he got off the plane, laughed, thought it was hilarious. Good. And I just reiterated to him that I wasn't mad. We just had a Why great... Why would you be mad? I don't know. that. I... You're being known as an actor? I thought it was great. As a celebrity and, and actor? Like, Do you want me to change it? <laughs> and, <laughs> I and didn't I, know you changed it. And I go, no, uh, but maybe quotes could be funny. Oh, so they took your cue on the quote to, to put around actor, actor and then decided to go and then they, top rope yeah, with Nair model. Editorialize uh, <laughs> Nair model. Yeah, Nair model. That's interesting. <laughs> there you go. Man, whoever's going to be in my group. Get ready. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It'll be fun. You it's will be, be fun, fun to play golf with. It'll be very fun. So what if somebody does in the foursome or fivesome, I imagine. Probably. Um, turns to you and asks you what your your method of acting is. Like what is your philosophy? How do you approach your roles as an actor? I would say. What would you? How would you respond to that? The Kaminsky method. I would say. Nice. Kaminsky method. Good yeah. job. Or, or uh, Gene Kusinel. Gene Kusinel. Adler. By the way, um, Henry Winkler's coming in next Thursday. It's too late for you to oh, workshop this with him. I would say I mostly now. just He's an try to play myself. Okay. <laughs> See, that's not. Uh, that's that. That will. I think will be um, revealing. To your golf mates, that you are not an actor in any way, shape, or form. But Denzel's been playing himself for a long time. Uh, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. So. Okay. You know. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, are you trying to disrespect Denzel? No, oh, my goodness. Easy, no. I know. Denzel plays himself in every movie. Wow. Does he really? I don't know. In the last 20 years. That's ridiculous. I can't. Yeah. He, he probably can't come hear on. you. You've seen American Gangster? He, he can't, I don't yeah. think Denzel he, and Frank on. White are the same yeah. person. Like, he, come can't, on, he, he can't hear you through his uh, Oscars. You yeah. that. Coming out of his ears. That. Like the audacity, first <laughs> of all. Like, this guy is now, he's built an actor in a celebrity like, golf tournament. Now what? he's coming after Denzel. No, you roll. I mean, oh, we'll put it to the people at, at, which twi- is what? at Twitter. Vote. Does Denzel play himself in every movie? No, we're not doing that. Do Bruce it. McGill will be there, Brock. Bruce McGill. I know. There. D-Day. Yeah, I mean. Is that what you choose? I mean, come on. Out of Bruce McGill is D-Day? I mean, I'm not going to. I mean, I would. Well, you mean Independence Day, don't you? Isn't he no, in? No, no, D-Day. no. D-Day from Animal House. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, very good. I can't do it, but plays his throat with the. Yeah. Oh, of course. But he's also that guy. He's in everything. Oh, he's in everything. He's. He actually played Kurt Warner's Arena League coach yeah. in American Underdog. Isn't he in draft day? Um, I do believe he is in draft day. I don't know. I wasn't yeah. I, I was only in scenes with Frank Langella. Yeah. Chris. So that's true. Audio that's my acting career. I can say I was in a scene with Frank Langella. Like let's just say if I was ever <laughs> to do that. 
right. labeled for a celebrity golf tournament is actor Rich Eisen. But you know, well, what 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 scenes were you in? Well, I'm, Frank Langella once asked me to read lines with him, <laughs> and um, I could tell that story. Uh, I could tell the story of uh, playing, off, playing off of David Caruso's aura. You know, knowing my scene, knowing my role with David Caruso could have been done that. I've been in a scene with you and Robert Griffin III. <laughs> For the league. And Trent Richardson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, oh, interesting enough, before you hop on a plane, I believe uh, Josh Dumel. Buddy Games, we're oh, in that movie. Oh, You're can, in that. Oh, That's man, your latest yeah. credit. 